What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, hammering it home. This spring, there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Headed into the summer as well. Last chance broadhead shoot with West Coast Archery. May 15th through the 17th. And also coming up June 13th in Reno is the Dead Eye Golf Tournament. For more information and more details, check them both out on Instagram. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding their accounts. Also get ready, Yeti Total Archery Challenge. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see everyone there. Thanks. That's my job. Is that your job? Literally, my job. When hunters don't smile and fucking trophy photos, do they get fucking pissed? I'm just like, motherfucker, you were just laughing and happy like three seconds ago. And now you're now super serious face? I'm just like, no, no. I'll tell him, I'll be like, I'm gonna take your picture. Yeah. Like, smile, I'll take your picture. I'm like, fucking smile, we're having the best time ever. Yeah. Don't put on some hard ass face just to take this photo. They have to look somber about their dead animal. Trying Isn't to be that what's cool? Super uh, gangster. Yeah. That's one of another another one of my biggest pet peeves. Which is what? I mean The sad just, like Yeah, just like the one photo that everyone posts is just like I respect these fucking animals as much as anyone, but just like like some of them, like one of the mediator guys fucking made some post. He's like, I don't believe in trophy photos. And it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Don't get me started on. It's like, let's not fuck that. The trophy let's, photos. Let's actually show your trophy photos fucking showing respect to that animal. Like, let's show this fucking beautiful animal. Yeah. Let's get it yeah. all the likes on Instagram it deserves. <laughs> Ultimate respect. Ultimate. I'm taking pictures of that thing. I'm putting that thing on my wall. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. You have one in your pocket. You just took my jewel. All the respect. She just called you out. I'm very aware. Where's your badass pink one that I got you? In the car. Aliens on it and shit. I do like aliens. Do you? Yeah. Do you think that there's extraterrestrial beings out there? I went on a retreat where in October where it was a bunch of random ladies from the internet and we went and mined crystals in Arkansas and one girl was really into aliens and she's like, I think you could be an alien. I was like, don't really know how to take that. Is that a compliment? Is that not? Like, so what did she mean by like your brain and like how you processed and discussed things? I think so. I don't know. She, She was just one of those people. She was cool. But yeah, she's like... She's like, you might be a reptilian for the United States government. Okay. Thanks. You're Thanks, like, Lexi. I'm not really sure how to receive that. Appreciate the feedback. I'll try to be more normal next time. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, aliens cool. Our boys don't really like aliens. Are they freaked out? Yeah. You should make them watch Fire in the Sky. We went to Dallas's grandparents' house one time and he... What was that movie? I don't know. Something with like long aliens and it was an old movie. And since then they're like, they're terrifying. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it was, but yeah. Aliens are real. Yeah, we had another friend the other day who has a friend who's a pilot who was flying and saw something and they had to call like NASA and shit. And he saw an unidentified flying object. Yeah, like they call up NASA. I have a buddy who was abducted 100%. Was he probed? 
I don't know if he was broke, <laughs> but he was abducted in the Nevada desert. Right, you guys, turn on, are you? Oh, Dallas. Sweetheart. Master of all things, I hope you Sweetheart, babe, Dal. You, you know that I got your entire photo shoot recorded audibly, right? You're all fuck. And that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Will you be stressed out to hear what you had to say? No. What maybe was recorded? Yeah. That he said candidly? Exactly. Yeah. Um, So what else should I say? I mean, well, who are you? Well, I'm Tori, also known as Dallas's wife. That's how people like to refer to me. Oh, you're Dallas's wife? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Super, <laughs> super nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, I was sick last week, so that was really fun. Mm-hmm. But I ran every single day, so I'm pretty sure my gym is also infected. Good. Sorry, guys. Welcome to passing along diseases. Yeah. And public sanctuaries. I did disinfect it all, but... You know, I wouldn't have. I did. I would I, have coughed on the arm bars and the handrails. I just left it. Tells, just left it. I was like, you shouldn't be running. I was like, I have to. Because I like said how, like, what I'm going to run every day for the month yeah. to reach my goals. Yeah. I was literally dying. But I was so, like, got to get those eight miles. Got to get them. Is that your fitness goals every every day is eight miles, running eight miles a day? Um, No. So last year I ran up. 1500 just because that, that seemed like a random number I pulled out of my ass. Mm-hmm. So this year I'm going to run 1600 miles. Yeah. Throughout the entire year. Throughout the year. Yeah. But this time, this year I've scheduled two rest days, which is good, except for it means my runs have to be longer. So I don't know if it's actually good or bad. Good, but yeah, we'll see. So how do you schedule yourself running 1600 miles? Um, it equals, I think, like roughly 135 a month. So then I just break it down by month and then by week. And by day. Yep. Because if you plan it, you can achieve it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where the goal is, right? Yeah. So last month I did 135. And I don't... This We'll see how this week with the expo goes. If I'll still run this week. I don't know. I have faith in you. I do too. Do you? I'm pretty dedicated. Good. I mean, I would imagine that Not you're Not super motivated, dedicated. but really like determined. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, a good way to be... Some people find it off-putting. Yeah, I mean, if you're determined, you're going to get it done one way or another. You can cough it out if you have to. Sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) Get it out. (laughs) (coughs) It's very unpleasant. No, but But, it is what it is. Yeah, sorry. Health. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not very good at resting, so my kids are better, but I'm not. Uh Uh-huh. So where are you from? Originally from Australia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we lived in Singapore. Then Seattle. Then as a back. What did you do in Singapore? How did you end up in Singapore? How old were you? Uh, eleven to almost fourteen, mm-hmm. or ten to fourteen. I don't know, something like that. It was a million years ago. My dad's work. We traveled dad, with dad's work at the time. He was working for Microsoft, so we lived in Singapore. Super cool. Kind of a weird place to grow up a little bit. And then we moved to Seattle, which is like the exact opposite of Singapore because Singapore is on the equator, hot, humid. Always sunny, and Seattle's like depressing, rainy, <laughs> cold. How long did you live in Seattle for? Uh, I lived there for two years and really didn't like it. So my mom was like, oh, you can go back to Australia and live with your aunt and uncle. I don't think they knew what they were getting into. Like, I was a pretty tame teenager, but their kids were really young, so that didn't... I was only there for a year living with them, and then I graduated high school in Seattle. But we, when we arrived in Seattle, it's the middle of summer... And it's like maybe 65 degrees and we're driving around like in like 
winter clothes basically and everyone has their shirts off and like sunning themselves and just like this is my life now I live in the coldest place ever. Did you get seasonal depression there at all? <sighs> Probably. Uh-huh. But I was really into you having... Looking back, you didn't think of it, though. Um, No, it was just what it is, you know? Yeah. But I went to school and everyone had, like... They were American and cute, but they had, like, blonde, straight hair. So I have really curly, gigantic hair that's not blonde. So I'd carry my straightener with me to school, which is dumb because it rains every friggin' day in Seattle. And I'm, like, in the bathroom, like, oh, my gosh. Trying to straighten your hair. I gotta have fucking straight hair. Frizzing out. It didn't matter. Girl problems. Teenage problems. Teenage problems. Grateful I'm not a teenager, particularly now. Yeah. I bet. It sounds I mean, that had to be terrifying experience with super big hair. And, like, being somewhere where you absolutely don't know anybody. I really stand out, guys. Hey. First time wearing, like, not a school uniform when I'm in ninth grade, so I'm sure my outfits were terrible terrible like mm-hmm. having the freedom to express yourself but like not knowing how yeah, to do it like i just need my school uniform where's my leather shoes and my button up yeah but made it so much easier i did go through a phase of wearing two polos at one time like with a popped collar like you know like a ratherin polo yeah but i'd wear two and pop both collars it was an interesting so what was your color scheme um, they would usually be like highlighter colors, mm-hmm. but I'd always match, you know how Ralph Lauren has the little polo horses on the front. Yeah. So the inside one would match the outside. color of the pony on the outside one. <laughs> you really thought this out. Yes. That's pretty amazing. Mm, yeah. That's not how teenagers ever have dressed. So I don't know why that was a thing. No, I remember growing up and starting to learn that like, how you dress matters how you dress matters and like you can't wear purple jeans with you know if whatever when you're a kid you don't care you just whatever, like, whatever, whatever. this is clean yeah whatever my mom threw at me is what I was gonna wear you know thanks thanks mom you know and like I just always remember wearing you know dyed purple jeans but it's so funny going later into life and remembering when like oh wow maybe I should like accent <laughs> You know, because I just usually would always wear red and black. Yeah. Always. Because I was just like, I'm not going to accent colors. I'm not going to do all this stuff. My colors I will wear is red and black it's or easy. all white. And That's that, quite the opposite. All yes, white. Why? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just. Now, did your whites match? Because you know how sometimes you can buy a white oh, shirt? And absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That was a priority. They had yes. to be the same white. Yeah, they had to be matching. Like, What about your blacks? Were your blacks the same black? Always. Yeah. I had to be matching. I was so... I'm Even still to this day, something that drives me absolutely bonkers about Kuyu's products is that there is no color... Like, their camo is super quality control. Yeah. That their stuff matches. But their solid quality control, their solid color quality control on their greens matching their greens. They must have different dye batches or something. Well, no. What it is is a change in the fabric, right? Oh. So what I think is that their their manufacturers probably use the same dye on different types of fabric, and different types of fabric saturate differently. Interesting. So you run into quality control issues. So your sage green is really four different sh- shades of sage green yes or they're olive green or you know what i mean like, yeah no offense Kuyu, don't take it personally but ouch so offended <laughs> they're so offended by anything i say exactly I'm just exactly but 
Someone's always going to be upset by what you have to say. People fucking. <laughs> you leave it? Not an important just thing. Just chill out. I feel like when it's like the least important thing, but it just like makes it into conversation. Someone will just hop on that one bit and be like, "I'm offended by this entire yeah. podcast." You're like, "Did you listen to it or just to one part?" Yeah. Yeah. People have opinions. Yeah. Good. They're like assholes. Everybody's got one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Washington. Yeah. When did you meet Dallas? So. How did you and Dallas cross roads? Super random. But so when I lived in Singapore, my best friend had a holiday home in Heba. And so Wait, I. Yeah. A holiday home in Utah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so her parents grew up in Heba. Oh, okay. That but makes so, sense. like, the summer times they'd always go to Heba and we would come do summer camps, blah, blah, blah. Go to BYU summer camps because, you know. We were good Mormon children at the time. Okay. Um, anyway, so because I met her, I had a lot of friends in Heba. And when I came down for school, I went to UVU. Didn't do very well. Um, but I had a lot of friends who ran in the same circle as Dallas. Mm-hmm. We met at a, like, over 18 dance in Salt Lake. Dallas doesn't dance, so I don't know why he was there. But Like a dance or like a... No, it wasn't a rave because, like, you couldn't serve alcohol or anything there. Oh, okay. It was really like a, I want to say, like, almost like a church dance, like, for kids who are still, like, more strict in their religious upbringing, Mm -hmm. but also want to go dance. I don't know. How would you describe the complex dances, Del? I don't know. Not a church dance. Not a church church dance. I'm wrong. (laughs) But. What were you wearing? Let's put it that way. A neon ski suit. Bottoms. Well, I had it tied down. It was too hot to be wearing a full ski suit like a ski suit. But yes, I was wearing a neon ski suit and a sports bra. So I guess I was inappropriately dressed. Did you wear that to church? <laughs> Depends what church I go to. <laughs> <laughs> this is so epic. Church is a loose term. <laughs> right? Right? Seriously. Spiritual, I, I religious. Mean, so for me, I've, I've always been, I'm, I'm spiritual. I am not religious. Exactly. So I get it. And that's where I'm at in life. No. But so that's how we that's how we met is at this random dance. But we had a lot of the same friends for forever, mm-hmm. and I only knew those people because I met this girl when I was 11. Yeah. Weird. In Singapore. Yep. What are the odds? Interesting. Probably wouldn't know Dallas had my dad not taken that job. Like, to life Singapore. just weaves in weird ways. Absolutely insane directions. Yep. Yeah. Things now probably are going to affect things later, and we won't know until. It happens. Later. And then what? Then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, that's why that dinner did not work out. (laughs) Seriously. It all makes sense. So you guys met. Yes. Started dating. Yes. And then Dallas went to school in Idaho for a little while, but he got kicked out of school because he told the church man that we were having sex and you're not allowed to do that at BYU school. Oh, so that was frowned upon. Very much so. Um, yep, so that happened. I love where this is going. It's just gone. Oh my god. So that happened. Um, how, how old? Okay, I think, I think Dallas was 18 and I was 19 at the time. And then he came back for the summer or something. I don't know. We got in a fight. So then I went and lived with my parents in China for like two months. Because like, you know. So you got in a fight. With your boyfriend and fled the country. My mom's like, oh, just come over here. It's fine. Run away from problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, okay, fuck I'm out. It, fuck it, bye. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Um, and then we started dating again, and now we're married. So yeah, I don't know what, I don't even know what it was, but yep, we got married at Dallas was nineteen, I was twenty. I was six months pregnant when we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore my prom dress. It's from all that premarital sex you guys were having yeah. before you got kicked Clearly out of we were doing it the wrong way. <laughs> I just love how uncomfortable Dallas is <laughs> But I wore my prom dress to our wedding. It was only my family in Dallas's because they weren't super thrilled that we had conceived a child outside of marriage, but now they're all cool. They love their grandkids. They yeah. love us. But, you know, well, you can you guys imagine. have, I mean, you guys have been together for quite some time now. You were the one percenters that made it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, they were probably just like, oh, my gosh, our kids are going to be bums. They're going to need us for the rest of their lives, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. we showed them. Yeah, I mean, because you guys have been together for how long now? Um, probably together almost 10-ish years. Mm-hmm. Married Almost eight, eight month, eight years next month. Not eight months. <laughs> <laughs> Not eight months next year. No, no, that would make no sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Taj will be eight this year. I've kept a child alive for eight years, so I'm pretty, pretty impressed with. Confident this. in your skills is. Yep. Some days I'm not really sure, particularly when Dallas is gone. But you know, uh-huh. we've made it. We've survived. Yeah. Mm, what else? Um, I make jewelry. Didn't do jewelry in school because I didn't know that was a thing. But apparently in Utah, you can take jewelry classes. At school? Yeah, Dallas took it at high school. Oh, really? How random, right? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, where I live, you couldn't do that. Yeah, no. Which you'd think in the Bay Area in California. <laughs> Come that on, kids. That would definitely kids. be something they would offer. Yeah, I've heard of like wood shop and I, I think that's probably it. But Oh, yes, art class, but yeah. not like jewelry. Pottery. Yeah. But so I just decided when I was pregnant with Mac that I was going to make antler necklaces. That's how I started. Mm-hmm. And so... From collecting sheds. Exactly. And I had seen a couple that were just more um, ornate, kind of like rodeo vibes. That's not mm-hmm. really my style. So I was like, oh, I could probably make this that would appeal to women who are into hunting because of their spouses, not necessarily because it's like their passion. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I was pretty pregnant with Mac, and Taj was almost three, and it's the middle of winter. I was like, we only had one cash. I was like, we're walking to the craft store. It's like a mile and a half away in the middle of winter, and people kept trying to offer us a ride, but I was like, stranger danger. Me and my unborn child and my child are not getting in your car. But so we went and got supplies, and that was really good, and then I decided I would learn how to silversmith because I like to learn all the things and make stuff. And now that's what I do is mostly just rings, necklaces. So what is that like? I mean, developing your own jewelry business. Sometimes it's really fun and sometimes it's really stressful because, you know, like you have to f- stay current and relevant. And if one person has bought one piece of jewelry, you want to have something else that they want, not just like a one and done kind of thing. So it's something I think about a lot. <laughs> but yeah. it's... It's good. I like to be busy, so I enjoy it. I like I like seeing something go from nothing into like a final product and like seeing it through all its stages and being like, oh my gosh, this looks like shit for so long. And then it's fucking epic. You're like, when did this happen? How did You're, this happen? I created this. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's it's a lot of fun. I like it. Started working with gold. That's a little bit scary. What's that like? It's not that hard. It's just expensive. So the whole time I'm like really stressed out and I'm like, Fuck, if I ruin this, this is like $300. Worth of gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so far, What are you making out of gold? I've made a couple of rings. 
so far. Like a, just solid gold rings with a gemstone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's fun, but like, so silver goes for 50 cents per gram. So a gram's not very much, so 50 cents for sterling silver, but gold is $50 depending on the day because it fluctuates. $50 per gram, so they're like substantially different in price different market yeah so silver i'm like i don't care like i can experiment try and it doesn't really stress me out but not so much with the gold it's a little scary uh-huh. but it always looks really nice in the end so how has it been learning how to work with metal and you, you know, too. different people mir- are always like oh minerals did material? you like take a ton of classes i took a weekend class one day because i was just like i don't want to fuck with fire if i'm gonna burn my house down or set my hair on fire I'm very clumsy. I walk into the walls and table all the time. So I was like, mm-hmm. playing with fire could be terrible. I need to be supervised at least the first time. So I took the class and I was like, okay, I got this. And then you can learn anything on YouTube. I feel like that's where if I ever have a question or I didn't know how to do something, just get on YouTube. How do you do blah, blah, blah. And lots of old men videotape themselves making rings. And talking about yeah. it. Yeah. It's kind of boring, but very educational. Well, I mean, if you can watch it and then turn around and make it yourself, exactly. it's pretty beneficial. Very beneficial. Very cost effective. Yeah. And what are you, like for you, what's what's your kind of goal with it? Like do you wanna keep going? Do you wanna open up a jewelry shop? You have an online store. Yeah, so the way the world is going, I don't know that storefronts are a great idea. You know, I feel yeah. like that would be really stressful. You're like, okay, first off I have to make all of these pieces and then I have to sell X amount of pieces just to pay my rent and utilities before I even make a profit, right? Yeah. But, um, no, I really like doing it online. I think <laughs> I think it would be cool to host some workshops because people are always asking me to do that. I just don't like dealing with a lot of people. So I'm like, here, watch these videos. <laughs> Have fun. Are you antisocial? <laughs> no, but I don't like to be responsible for like the outcome of other people. Like mm-hmm. if they had a terrible time, I would feel like... That it was, was my fault. fault. Whereas if like they teacher. have it exactly, if they yeah. have a terrible time in their own home watching a video, not my problem. Find a new video. Yeah. But um, no, I'll probably just keep going and uh, I don't know, adding, creating, making more. But yeah, it's easy to do it from home and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's What's your website? Shopmountainmade.com. Shopmountainmade.com. Yeah, it would be Mountain Made, but that somebody already had that, so uh-huh. I put shop there. And then you can put on an alert when that exactly. URL goes for sale, you just buy exactly, it Exactly, exactly. And my dad works for Google now, so he's always like, oh, you need Google AdWords, Google AdWords. It's, I don't really understand it. I don't understand how any of that works. No, neither do I. And But I've been watching Gary Vee videos, and he's basically like, the world is coming away from like paid search term advertising. It's more about building your brand so when people are thinking like oh i need a new ring they think shop mountain made not like google search sterling silver rings you know like you're building your brand so people when they want whatever it is if they're thinking of podcasts they think of your podcast if they're thinking of a video person they think of dallas because he's like in this gary v video i was watching he was talking about how everyone's just gonna have these you know these home systems with like the alexia or alexis whatever the hell yeah. she's called google home is like i need a lawyer and she'll be like, pull up the first one on her search, but you don't get to see all the other options. So yeah. I'm like, interesting, interesting. Hmm. But yeah, my dad says I need Google AdWords. I'm like, hmm, don't want to take that on. Mm-hmm. I've tried. Don't get it. Not into it. 
No, so thank you, Instagram, for supporting my business. <laughs> Seriously. It's kind of crazy. And I, I would imagine that you get a decent amount of sales through Instagram and social promotion. 100% of my traffic comes from Instagram. Really? Mm-hmm. And what's that been like? Is, is that, like, nerve-wracking for you at all based off of, like... Instagram changing their search algorithms and making it more difficult for businesses or yeah but and I would let it really frustrate me or even just like not getting likes on a picture I know that's not a big deal but you're like well people aren't liking it so people aren't seeing it blah 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 but like once I let go of letting that stress it really wasn't affecting any of my sales it was just like you're like well I used to get x amount of likes on a picture now I'm getting 50 that's dumb yeah, but if it well, doesn't Instagram affect... throttled everybody back. Exactly, everybody back. Exactly. I mean? So once you know, you just get in your head about it. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? But it's you just got to keep doing what you're doing if it's working. Likes really and don't matter. And help that it continues to exactly. Grow. And I think a lot of it for me, where I found success is people when they like what you're doing, whatever it is, they're gonna tell their friends. They're going to. Yeah. I don't know. Organic growth. Exactly. And I think that's almost more beneficial long term than, I don't know. I'm sure paid advertising is fantastic. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, I won't do it. Cost effectively. I won't do it. Like, I could spend money, but if I'm not getting any money back, it doesn't. Well, like for the podcast, there's a lot of people that are like, why aren't you doing paid promotions and doing this and doing that and and paid advertising? And I just have no drive to doing it to do it and and for me the reason is like hey you're either gonna like it or you're not and if you don't like it I don't care like that's great that's your personal experience and exactly you don't have to interact with it you yeah. know what I mean and, and I'm not gonna shove it in your face and make you like it yeah I don't want you know and like that's so to me it's so like unorganic and there's no authenticity to that no, whatsoever exactly. you know so for me I don't want to that's not my strategy so I totally get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I totally relate to that. Yeah. But so, yeah, I do that. I do... I don't know. That's pretty much all my fun facts about me. I don't believe you for a second, and here's why. So, you met Dallas. You were 18, 19? Yeah, 18, 19, yeah. And you had never hunted before. You were never really exposed to hunting, probably? Like, uh, no. maybe through friends of friends and stuff like that, but never probably directly involved. I'm pretty sure I did it. Like, I always say this, but, and I know it sounds dumb, but, like, that just wasn't, like, my social world, my parents' social world. Yeah. I don't think we even knew any people who owned guns, let alone hunted. Like, mm-hmm. meeting someone who was an avid hunter, I was like the fuck people still do this yeah but now it is very much our life and yeah it supports your family it, it fully supports it feeds family. you it feeds your husband it feeds your kids exactly it puts gas in your car covers our walls with stuff covers your walls right so what was it like having no exposure to hunting and then kind of coming into the world of hunting with someone whose life is well seriously based in it so my first experience with hunting was shed hunting and i like that because i like hunting i like the out- uh, hiking and i like the outdoors but i think we we're climbing over a barbed wire fence or something and we were still like newly dating at this time and i hit our rock 
so damn hard, like right on my spine. And I was just trying not to cry. I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't <laughs> no, let him be see tough. you. Be it's tough. fine, you're fine. But so it went from shed hunting to hunting and it was just more like a slow exposure. And people will probably say that Dallas has always hunted. And yes, he totally has. But since being married, it's gotten even more because it's now work. So yeah. I didn't really fully know what I was getting into, to yeah. be fair, but, you know, I want to accept it. <laughs> so what is, what is that like for you? Like, growing from never having taken an animal's life to now you have. I mean, you for yourself, you've gotten to do some. I've been on some very cool hunting experiences, hunts. yeah. You know what I mean? And... I love that and almost all of your hunting photos underneath whatever jacket you have on, you have a tie-dyed hoodie on. Yes. I, so tie-dye, I'm always lucky when I wear my tie-dye or my dead eye shirts. Like uh-huh. whenever we go shed hunting, I have to wear a dead eye shirt because I, that's, that's your lucky shirt. Oh, totally. It doesn't matter which one, <laughs> but if I'm wearing one, I will always find bigger sheds than Dallas. I don't know how or why. It's but just I think like... that's just kind of the way that it goes for like most husband and wife combos. I feel like the wives always out hunt or outdo their husbands just as far as making sure that their husbands stay right sized. Well, and I'll just, I'll just be like, okay, cool. One trip a year and I did great. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Check that off the list. Done. But as far as taking an animal's life, I think uh, it was kind of weird at first. You know, like it's not really something you can understand until you've done it. Mm-hmm. And because we do... What was your first hunt? What was the first species you hunted? A mule deer with my bow. Really? And I shot so it in the dove, neck. you dove straight into it. Yes, we were not archery. We were not rifle hunters at the time. You know, that mm-hmm. was when the bow hunters were really like, "Oh, we're bow hunters and we don't touch guns." And bow hunting only. And that's how Dallas was at the time. So I'm like, so I was gay. like, okay, we just got married. I better shoot a fucking bow. <laughs> uh huh. But um, I w- it was exciting and kind of sad and somber, but you know, like. Because, not because we do it so much, but because we use so much of the animal and are able to share those experiences with our friends and, like, have barbecues and whatever, like... Mm -hmm. The community behind it. Exactly. It's not so much just, like, that singular event. It's like, okay, well, this is so much more than just this one event. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I do feel sad, but at the same time, it's also, like, I feel really grateful for the memories that we've created and... As a family. Exactly. And, like, a lot of the hunts we get to take out boys on. Like, they yeah. came on my sheep hunt. That was cool. Mac came with me on my mountain lion hunt for, like, two of the days. And what was that like? Bringing the kids. Hunting a mountain lion. It was kind of stressful. Was it? Just because, like, you don't really see anything until you're, like, right at the tree and There's it's a cat. there. And everyone's like, hey, quickly, you've got to shoot. I'm like, I'm Okay. Yeah. And then you're, I was stressed out about the dogs, like, because the dogs were climbing in the tree and I didn't want to see the dog die. Yeah. Didn't a dog get, like, scratched in the face? My mountain lion, like, fell out of the tree after I shot it. Oh, grabbed yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And Garrett yells out, it's about to get wild. And I was like, oh my gosh, please don't get wild. Please don't get wild. <laughs> that, that was wild enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. I think the dog was okay. I don't know. Mm hmm. But, um, 
mountain lion hunting, it was really hard. It was really hard also, too, because there's a lot of time where you're just following and not really knowing what What's is at the, at the other side, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to wait around, or I like to know, which is not life. Life, you don't get to know, but I'd like to. I like to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, bud. How was school? <laughs> Did you think that was dead for a second, and then you realized it wasn't? He's all, wait a minute. Cool jacket. I got some tattoos while you're at school, Taj. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. Did you bring home your homework? I'm pretty sure back. You should check. I don't think we've done homework like the last four weeks. He always forgets. And then doesn't have to do any homework. He does okay on spelling tests, but if he did like one practice, he'd crush it. Do better. Amazing as kids, we never look at it that way. We just want to play. Hey, are you going over to Gabe's tonight? That's at 6. Okay, put those on the table. That's a lot of papers. I'm going to give you a valentine. Nope. It doesn't open. Let me see it. You got a girlfriend? No. Is there a girl at school that you like? No. Oh, it's a coupon. Do you have a crush? No. You have a crush on a girl, huh? No. What about on a boy? <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. No, Tosh has lots of friends who are girls, huh? You just tuning us out? I think, I think he did. So you've gone from mountain lion hunting, you've hunted stag. Yep. What was New Zealand like? New Zealand was really cool. It... I think the biggest thing for hunting that you never really realize until you're in wherever you're at. Um, oh, parent-teacher conferences. Thank you. Um, it's just how big, like, everywhere is, how much space and how much land there is, like, mm-hmm. until you're in the mountains or wherever you are. And that's how I felt in New Zealand. It's like, I, can finish this. I am a really small, insignificant, just blob, like, you know, like, I could die here. No one Speck would know. On the, on exactly. The, no on one the radar. knows. Yeah. But New Zealand was, it was fun. It was, it's a long way to go, but it's whatever, right? Beautiful country. So for you, how did that feel? You, I mean, you said you felt like a speck. Well, when it, you're it just, in the entire country. So like, what is? It just puts it into perspective because like, I feel like sometimes we can get caught up in our own shit. Like, oh my gosh, I'm crushing this week at work or whatever it is, and then when you strip away all of that and you're just out there you're like none of that shit matters I really and and not in like a sad way I'm nobody but I am nobody it it doesn't matter like I am more than my accomplishments but I'm also less than them I'm all of it well and when you're in nature and you're outdoors social status no longer matters exactly none of that stuff matters when you're out there confronted with actual cliffs and rocks and scaling mountains and chasing animals like none of that stuff actually means anything exactly you know and because when you're doing that that's that's it that's survival that's all you have and i think it just can put life into a better perspective yeah like get out of your own head you're not as cool as you think you are right right well and then also unplugging yeah which you know. I feel like nobody does. 
Right. We gotta have our phones. Everybody. Internet. Wired. Constantly. I've put my. We've been putting our phones in uh, do not disturb mode lately. Mm-hmm. Just like all day because you know, like when it buzzes, you feel like you have to pick it up and answer it. Well, like my watch. I'll turn Bluetooth off on my phone so I don't get anything on my watch. Because if I feel it on my watch, I feel like I have to respond to it yeah. instantly. And then, and then somehow you're doing like something else. You like respond to a text and you go on Instagram and you check your email. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I was just on my phone for 45 minutes. And Where did nothing. the time go? Yeah. On Idle Minor. That's what I do. I yeah. play Idle Minor. When I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's okay. You don't want to. Trust me, you don't want to get involved. I play... Uh, <laughs> word games where you have to spell words mm-hmm. I feel like I'm using my brain my other buddy Dallas plays a game where like I play the most mindless like you know you're a little character and you run and then you jump and then you leap and then you take off and fly and that's like that's fun for me because there's nothing involved in it yeah. other than tapping the screen three <laughs> times and holding it down and hoping that you have a successful jump and he Please is be a all, good one. Please be a good one. Yeah, seriously. And he's all about like doing, you know, brain exercising games. I'm like, dude, I do enough brain exercising for my myself life is all a brain exercise. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's too much. See, your phone just went off right there. Quado, could we come tomorrow instead? Sorry for the last minute change. My doctor's appointment is taking. And there's that. Oh, my break girl just canceled. I don't know what that means. Quado cannot come today. Oh, for your hair. Were you so excited to get your hair done? Because you were going to do like... She says she can come tomorrow. Not cornrows, but braids. Yeah. All over your head. Box braids, yeah. Box braids. That's what's they called. I don't know why, but... What makes you want to do box braids? Um, Since the summertime, I wanted to do it, but then... I felt like a lot of people have been getting them, so I didn't want to get them. And you now didn't I, want to follow the trend? Well, yeah, I was like, this was my idea first, and I told you guys I was going to do it, and then you did it. And then it. everybody did it before But you. then I'm like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. But uh, there's a TV show, New Amsterdam. One of the ladies had braided hair, and I was like, that's cool. I should do that. So then you're doing it? Yep. Nice. So coming out of New Zealand, you've gone on a desert sheep hunt. Yep. And you drew that tag. Did I draw that tag? Yeah, I drew that tag. What was that like? Because that's a once in a lifetime hunting opportunity for somebody who doesn't. Dallas was out of town and had no service. So David, who like does our applications for us, was tagging me in a post on Instagram. I was like, is this a joke? Is this real life? Like, what does this mean? Um, what? And anyway, so yes, it was exciting. But it was exciting because I knew it would be exciting for Dallas. That was, like, where he filmed his first hunt. Mm-hmm. So it came full circle. And it was a little bit stressful because Dallas's flight was canceled and then delayed. And oh, that's right. You almost didn't even make it back in time for it. Exactly. I picked him up on our way to the hunt. I remember From the that. airport. Yeah. He was coming home from Tanz- Tanzania? Yeah. And you, like, got caught up somewhere for, like, ten hours. The flights were canceled coming into New York, I think. So we had to go through Canada or, I don't know, something. But it was literally the night before opening morning. Got to camp at what, one in the morning? It was late. I have no idea, but yeah. Then we're starting at 5.30. And what was that like 
it was a cool experience because we stayed in a trailer up there so we could take the boys. Dallas's mom came with us, so it was like a whole family family experience. Yeah. Or she plant much. Often does that happen? Never. Ever. And the boys, like, I don't think they care about hunting right now, but they do like to be a part of it because they know it's important to Dallas. So, like, to be involved. And they just like to be outside. So, like, to be outside for two, three days, play in the dirt and not have to shower, they're in heaven. Yeah. And the sheep was cool. Um, when Dallas was gone in Tanzania, one of our, he had one of our friends take me out to make sure I could still shoot my gun because <laughs> I don't practice very much. And it was lucky he did because the sheep ended up being a lot further than I had shot prior to going out with Kurt. Really? So that was, I didn't really want to do it. I was pretty like, nah, I'm good. How far was your shot? I think it was like almost 400. It's 400 yards. Oh, wow. That is. And you slammed it. Yep. Got it done. Got it done. Took three steps. And it was done. First shot. That's so awesome. I was just like, if I fucking miss this, we're going to have to go hike. (laughs) I do not have time for this. (laughs) I want to be done with this right now. So what has that been like for you getting to experience a lot of what a lot of people would call lifetime hunts? A mountain lion hunt, a red stag hunt. All your hunts. All your hunts have all been, you know... Hunts that a lot of people will never get to do in their life and their bucket list hunts that they've always wanted to do. I think it's hard for me to truly understand how special they are because it's not something I grew up around, like hearing stories of people being Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I've put in this or my uncle or whoever. So like, I'm lucky, but I also like don't really understand how truly lucky a lot of my hunting experience has been because I just don't have that same perspective a lot of people have of being around it for forever. But I am grateful for all the experiences I've had because they are friggin' awesome. Yeah. It probably also doesn't help that every hunt I do is... A lifetime-style hunt. Yeah. And so that's probably, you know what I mean? It almost, to her, probably seems like the normal. It's like, you have a sheep tag, and she's like, okay, so you have another sheep hunt this year. You know what I mean? Like, you're always going sheep hunting. So it's just... It's not a big deal. But it is. It takes 20 years to get that tag. Yeah. Yeah, the only hunt I've been unsuccessful on was an antelope hunt I had. Mm-hmm. That was not fun. <laughs> Why was it not a fun hunt? Well, first, we had to drive, like, 12 hours from here to New Mexico. And we had, like, a day and a half to hunt. Before Dallas left again to Tanzania. Uh-huh. So we had to drive that following day to get home to make sure we made his flight. And I was shooting Dallas's dad's gun, which is way too big 3378 200 <coughs> 20 grain <laughs> oh my god so we got to the gun range and I had a panic attack I was like I can't do this I cannot shoot this gun and some stranger next to us was like here like I, I was like I, I, we gotta go home I cannot shoot this gun I'm terrified that's what I shoot is a thirty-three seventy-eight with a hundred and eighty grain acubon. Yeah. And then there was a man next to us. He's like, "Here, you can use my rest. It might make you feel less nervous." I was like, "Probably not, but okay." Um, so I did shoot it maybe like once, and I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's let's get this hunt started." <laughs> and how did that go for us? Uh, 
everything we saw was like forever away. I couldn't have hit anything even if I wanted to. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I mean the, like the antelope hunts I've been on, it's flat, and you're you're so dropping six hundred yard bombs. Yeah, sending them. That's what happened. Yeah. And I'm just like, shoot, shoot, shoot. And we only had one day, and so, like, mass pressure, day one. She's probably, like, stressed out to her maximum. Oh, it was an awful experience. No. Um, and it wasn't and it was because, yeah, it was... It was... We shouldn't have gone. We were not prepared. We did not have enough time, and it all just crashed and burned. So that Christmas, I got a gun for Christmas, so I could... What kind of gun did you get? I don't know. Weatherby... Camilla, 6.5 Greedmore. Oh, that's a perfect and rifle yeah, for you. Also, since I've had it. It fits her, and since she had it, everything she has shot at has dropped. Like, so when are you going on your next antelope hunt? I mean, that's the serious question. It sounds like there's a, some bad blood there that needs to yeah, be reconciled. I agree, and antelopes remind me of aliens. They don't they I look can, like aliens? I get that. They just look extraterrestrial. Yeah. All the other animals, I'm like, oh, Sheep, yeah. to me, look like desert sheep. Totally extraterrestrial. <laughs> like their eyes are yeah. gnarly. Totally, totally gnarly. I don't think I have any hunts lined up this year. Which... Well, Verasco puts us in for all the states, all the tags. Not all, but like the, you know, five or six western states mm-hmm. puts us in. So whenever we draw, you know. I yeah. don't know when that'll be, but you're, we're building, I'm sure she's building the antelope points in it, probably at least three different states. Yeah. Arizona, New Mexico. Wyoming's Nevada. got good antelope hunting. Wyoming and Nevada, maybe. Mm-hmm. Last year I wasn't lucky in my draws. The year before I was super lucky, so this could be a super lucky year. You used 10 years worth of luck. In one year. In one year. Maybe 20. <laughs> 30 even. All of it, all of the luck in one year. Right? But hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. No complaints. Just get it done. Better now than when you're 60. Yeah. Right? That's why I'm trying to get as much in as I can now. Because, I mean, with a bad knee and a bad back, who knows where I'll be in 10 years. (laughs) I have no idea. Man, getting old is weird. You feel like you understand your body and then all of a sudden it's like, surprise, bitch, you have no idea. What's really going on yeah. here? <laughs> surprise, surprise, you're bitch. actually broken. <laughs> right? Yes. So what has it been like for you being on the other side of Dallas's travel schedule? It's freaking annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, I'm very grateful that it provides for our family, but at the same time, it it's a lot of time by myself. It's a lot of time... Uh, at the house with two kids it's a lot of I don't know it's great when he comes home but it's a lot of time apart Mm -hmm. a lot yeah it is I totally and I and I I get it and people will be like oh my gosh Dallas your life is so great I want to do what you do which I understand like there's a lot of glamour that comes with it but until you live it, either as the person who has to travel all the time, because that's taxing in its own sense. I couldn't even imagine. Like what you and I were talking about earlier. You're missing anniversaries, birthdays, you know, different events with the family that you're not getting to be there for. Exactly. And you, even for our parents, I, my mom, my dad always traveled growing up. He still travels to this day a lot. And I don't 
but never as much like long trips like this you know like until you've lived it it's hard to really articulate in a way that makes sense like oh it's hard it's time apart but like that doesn't really quantify everything that you experience when you're living separate lives and then try and have to fit your lives back together like it's a lot of juggling you go from being an individual to being a couple to being an individual again like mm -hmm. lots to navigate yeah and how is i mean how is that for you navigating it um it's okay sometimes it's not okay but i don't mind being alone and i'm really good at having routines so sometimes it's almost more difficult to come back home and readjust to like being a family because it's just like okay this was abnormal for four weeks and now our normal is a whole complete family not a separate family yeah facetime yeah exactly it's not facetime dad it's real real dad yeah when i i mean i couldn't imagine the total pressures of it and i just asked because i feel like what both of you have said it looks extremely glamorous and great and there is a lot of epic adventure behind it but there's also a lot of internal turmoil and emotional pain and you know like um for lack of better words you know like just uh i can't even think of the right word for it but it's got to be extremely difficult at times. You know, for you, when you're on the road, you know, I'm sure there's times when it's like, fuck, dude, this is rough right now, and I really wish that I could be with my wife and kids. And for you, sometimes I'm sure you're like, this is really rough right now. I could really use this help. Yeah, and you just have to remember that, like, whatever relationship, marriage, or friendship, or yeah. that this person you're choosing to have this person in your life and you have to remember why you made that choice yeah for whatever it is yeah sometimes it's hard to remember but well you know and like for me i mean i'm you know looking at my life and i'm right now it's <coughs> gone six months seven months in a year you know and and how do you establish a relationship there are some kids and a wife and i couldn't even i couldn't even like just the amount of pressure that I get from my mom when my mom's like, cool, you're home for four days. You're coming by the house, right? And I'm like, oh, like, yes, I am. I don't, I would be willing to bet. I don't know. Like the schedule that we do, it would have to be like 98% divorce rate. Probably. Yeah, like it's, people don't. Well, and not only do you choose to be with this person, you have to choose to have complete trust in them and love them for whatever choices they're going to make while you're apart. Because and it, do, it doesn't mean like anything bad has happened, but like opportunities are presented to everyone, you know, like a, mm -hmm. maybe they get blackout drunk. Maybe they don't, you know, like maybe they eat too much and get really fat while they're away. You don't, you know, yeah. I know that's silly, but like you're just having complete trust in your partner that they're making choices that are going to make them happy and not negatively impact, impact you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, bye, I love you, trust you. And I mean... Mean it. We're... Yo, I think. <laughs> we have a way better system now than I feel like we did, but I mean, it's always ever evolving. Yeah. 
I mean, it's never easy, but... We just have a lot of direct communication. Like, I just Black and white. Exactly. There's yeah. no need to bullshit. There's no time for it. And I'm probably she's, the more difficult one no, to deal with. No, she's the one that... Yeah, I mean... She's the one who's here. Well, yes, I am out working. And yes, my work is like adventure hunting. But also I'm on people's vacations. So mm -hmm. she's the one who has to from an outside perspective when the kids are both home puking, sick, she's sick, running, paying bills, working, selling jewelry, yeah, like holding the fort down, running the fort while I'm off. Being adventure. paid to be on someone's vacation. Yeah. And I think that your perception on that has like changed a little bit. Like, yeah, I think it used to bother you more. Now, you're kind of just... Now, yeah, now. I used to get really upset. I'd be, like, bitter about it. Mm -hmm. Because I'd be like, my life sucks. I just wipe people's butts. And <laughs> <laughs> do laundry all day. Yeah. You get to go have fun and do what you love. Blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but it's work running around with a camera and having to film and, and, and all that. Like, and and that's mean, exactly it. I'm working. There's a lot of days where I work like 19 hours a day exactly like and it's all film i'll be up first film all day then get back back up all through dinner then have dinner everyone else edit photos video goes to hang out by the fire and then i'm editing photos and video until mm -hmm. midnight one in the morning two in the morning go to bed get back up at five and just Staying and on top of it. So when I get home, I can be home. You have less not. time to do it when you're at home. So not all hunts, but, but when I you, try and do I mean, because when you, when you go on a 25-day hunt and you have film and, and photos and editing to do, you're still looking at it like five to ten days of editing on the back end Yeah. if you're not doing it I in mean, the field. I'm, I'm, I'd say equally, like, as long as the hunt is, that's how much work you have to do after the hunt. Yeah. Like, if you're on a 14-day hunt, you've got at least 14 days behind the computer of organizing, editing, <coughs> cutting video, reorganizing finished stuff, yeah, burning DVDs, making photo books, sending them out. And when I was upset, I was negating the fact that it's also work, you know? Like, I knew he was working, but... It's hard to look at it like that. In my, like, sad bit of moments, I was like... It's just unfair. He's gone. He's away. Blah, blah, blah. But when you look at every situation, you're like, there's, it's a whole thing. It's not just like one or the other. It's not like he's on vacation or he's working. It's like he's on someone's vacation, but he's working. Mm -hmm. And just... It's not his vacation. Exactly. It's just being aware that... Of all of it. Because, yeah, I'd get really upset. Or, like, he'll be like, I haven't had any hunting days this year. Which that still upsets me. I'm like, your life is hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, I want to hunt for me. Oh, oh, we've had this exact discussion and that's exactly what he said. <laughs> like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I can trade this odd out on for a few days of filming. Yeah. I was like, didn't you just go hunting for yourself? In, in Texas. Texas. <laughs> right? And in Mexico you shot that shit. Was last year. <laughs> Oh, that was last year. Sorry. Sorry, that was eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, don't you know? That was last year. <laughs> 2019. But yeah, we... 
I, I think for every relationship that you have, the best way for it to be a long-term, like, authentic relationship is just, like, be upfront and just be like, this is bothering me, this isn't bothering me. But also, like, expressing gratitude when it's needed. Yeah. Because sometimes you can get caught up in expressing, like, this is how this situation makes me feel when it's only a terrible situation, not also being like, this is how I feel and it's a good situation. Yeah. Totally. You can work with moms, you can work with your friends, like, I don't know. I feel like that's what a lot of people lack is direct communication. Mm -hmm. Americans in particular, they're not very good at direct. Oh, for sure. I'll agree with that all day long. Like, they would rather talk about what so-and-so is doing or, I don't know. Some surface-level bullshit. Yeah, and you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's our life in a nutshell. The self-employed life, working 20 hours a day. Yeah. I, I get it. I understand what it's... But, I mean, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I guess there's days, but that's... That's what we would do regardless, I feel like. That's what we like to do. We like to hustle. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, a part of us. It's not that, like, yeah, it's freaking stressful sometimes, but... Grinding. But, like, every day we just get up and grind. Every day. Well, and it's, like, somewhat rewarding to go to bed and being like, look at everything I accomplished today. Yeah. And it's not your generic 9 to 5. No. I think I'd be okay doing a 9 to 5. I just, I don't know. Well, like, I was talking to a buddy earlier today. And we were talking about, you know, self-employed and and not self-employed. And I spent a lot of years of my life making somebody else rich. And, and working really hard for other people. And I'm kind of at a point in my life where I want to work really hard for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I get rich from it, awesome. If I don't, I don't care. I'm not in it to get rich. I'm in it to work for myself. And, and I think that's the same boat we're in. Like, neither of us cares if we get rich. Like, all we... But if we can do what we want to do and be comfortable... And make it work... Then that's what matters at the end of the day, right? Life is meant to be lived and enjoyed. Not just, I don't know, worked. Sure, babe. I'll smack if he wants one. Fruit snacks. Do you want a fruit snack? I mean, I might have a fruit snack. Will you also get one for Andy? Yeah. I'd really appreciate it. I think we'll leave it with fruit snacks. Perfect. You like fruit snacks, Dallas? I ate some today, I think. Already. Already. And it's still early in the day. They're like the best snack when you're like, I don't really know what I want, but my body needs some sugar. Right on. Hey, thanks, bud. <laughs> I appreciate it. So this is what we eat in sheep camp. Alright, that's it for today everyone and thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or future episodes, I'd be happy to hear from you. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at legion underscore DIY or my personal account at GameOverIG. Have a great day. Do you feel weird when Dallas is taking photographs of I don't, you? I don't feel weird in photos, but I cannot talk on video camera. Like, How I'm come? real. I don't know. I'm like, my hands are already on my hands. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Words, what are those? Uh huh.
that pictures don't stress me out until he takes like 700 of them does that happen often yes like, what what it all right sit forward just like sit on the edge of the couch Scoot over a little bit Andy. I feel like am, we, I, am I being too bold? No, I feel like we need like a cup of tea or something right now. We're gonna spill the tea today on Dallas. What do you, hey, what do you need? Where do you need? This is how Dallas orchestrates a photo shoot. He doesn't say anything. He just expects us to know where to be. Well, it's so different because when you're in the field, most of the time, I would assume, as for you as well, you're taking candid photos. How do you like the A9? I like it. How do you feel right now? Fine. No stress. I'm a little bit, like, anxious because the expo's this week, and I feel like it's going to be super crazy busy. Just but, like, like, last year, you guys only came out for a day. Yeah, but I'm flying no, my sister in from New York to babysit. Oh, really? <laughs> week. So we'll be there. Oh, wow. You better be hanging out at the Deadeye booth. Oh, we will. Yeah, last year, I don't know that... Last year, I had a ton of stuff for you yeah. in the truck, and then I, I never the, gave it I to you. I fucking Red Stag to be in there. And then I think we were only I was only there I think for half a day. Uh huh. And then Dallas was you were probably there the whole time, but we didn't yeah, nothing. Is the movie thing Wednesday or Thursday? Oh you have to your film is being played, isn't it, Dallas? He's refused to watch it before him too. They keep getting me they're like, You need to come watch it, you need to come watch it. I said Jordan's like, Come out here and see your film. I was like I want to see it on the big screen. He's like, don't you want to check it first? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Cool, Eric cool, Eric Chester's like, come over for a movie premiere. I'm like, I'll fucking see it in two weeks. Yo, I don't want to. All right. Hold your, put your podcast thing up on your knee. Oh, on my knee? Yeah. This is Dallas orchestrating a, a photo shoot. And then lean your head in towards Tori more. Cause, or you're going to have a super fucking <laughs> fat head. Blown out head. Yeah, you're going to have Is like that better? Wide angle. Straight on. How are you feeling? Do you feel pretty positive about this? Oh, we're losing her. I'm just trying to think of fun facts about me. I don't like to take left turns. Left turns freak me out. Why? I don't know. I'll go around. I'll drive like an extra 10 minutes not to take a left turn. <laughs> Dallas will be like, where are we? I'm like, oh, it's a shortcut. Don't worry about it. He's like, that but it's was really not, not a shortcut. <laughs> All right. Oh, you're in it too? Get in this. Are we on a 10 second timer? Yep. <laughs> I feel like it's up my nose. Probably. Hey. <laughs> Hey, Snaz, how you doing? <laughs> the snozberries taste like snow. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip-flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.